Michael, what do Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones, and 24 all have in common? Well, I mean, they're pretty historic television series in their own. Um, they're all huge successes. I, I don't know. It, that's true. And they've all run for fewer than 12 seasons. So now, as of today, as we start our 12th season on Rocketship.fm, we can officially say that Rocketship.fm has outlasted some of the top television series of all time. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not exactly apples to apples, but... <laughs> okay, not at all. Not at all. I don't know. I guess I was just getting a little excited. But hey, it's a feat in and of itself, and I'm, I'm definitely proud of it, right? We've done well over 500 episodes. I mean, I think I saw a stat once that 90% of podcasts don't make it past episode three. It, it, that's true. That's true. But here we are kicking off season 12 this season, telling some stories in Web3. That's right. We'll be diving into quite a few stories related to Web3, stories that include things like community coins, NFTs, Web3 platforms. We'll be taking our listeners, you, behind the scenes a bit. And there's a common thread that's weaved into most of these stories that we'll be telling. What's that? Ah, come on. You already know, right? It's it's you, Mike. It's <laughs> you. <laughs> okay. Okay. I did I did go a little bit deep down the rabbit hole this season, didn't I? You think? You think? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, I'll admit, before this season, I wasn't expecting to get involved in a few NFT projects myself. I, I sure wasn't planning on flying out to Hollywood and hanging out with some celebrities at an NFT party. And I definitely wasn't expecting to take a good chunk of my savings and make a run at one of the hottest NFT projects released <laughs> this year to date, the illustrious one of one 1952 Mickey Mantle rookie NFT released by Tops with support of Major League Baseball and even the Mantle family. Yeah, this season, it gets a little nuts. I mean, you get a little nuts here, Mike. <laughs> all right, maybe I did get a little nuts, but but it's all in the name of rocket ship. It's all in the spirit of putting on maybe one of our most interesting seasons yet. So whether you're a total beginner to the Web3 world, and maybe you, you don't know the lingo. Or if you're a complete degenerate and have hands made of diamonds. <laughs> we think you're going to have a lot of fun with us here this season on Rocketship FM. And there's really just one thing left to do before we get started. Let's roll that intro. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We are your hosts, Michael Saka. And I'm Mike Belsito. This episode is supported by Trustonomy, an original podcast from OneTrust. Every good relationship you have, personal or business, it involves trust. But we all know that trust doesn't just happen, right? We've all lost trust in a friend or a brand or a product. Trustonomy is a new podcast that looks at true stories from the past to understand how trust works and what makes it stronger and how to rebuild it when it's broken. Now, you know, I'm a sucker for a good podcast that weaves historical stories and relates it to what's happening today. So I thoroughly enjoyed this Trustonomy episode and recommend that you check that out as well. Search for Trustonomy in your podcast player. We'll also include a link in the show notes. Many thanks to the OneTrust team for their support. As artificial intelligence continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation that we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play. Rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. 
With over 750 specialized hackers in their community, HackerOne isn't just theorizing. They're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large organization, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI dash safety dash security. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI dash safety dash security. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. So season 12 of Rocketship.fm starts right now. And this season, we're jumping head first into the world of Web3 with all sorts of stories to tell. Yeah, and many of them, I ended up getting squarely involved myself. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And uh, maybe to kick the season off, let's start there. What got you going down the rabbit hole um, with this Web3 season? Well, I guess I just sort of felt like I, I had to because that's what Web3 is all about. What do you mean by that? Well, okay, if we want the definition of Web3, uh, Gilead Edelman of Wired describes Web3 as a decentralized online ecosystem based on blockchain. That's the simple definition of it. But what it all means is that the platforms, the apps, the tokens all built on Web3, they're not owned by a central gatekeeper. They're owned by the users. And those users, they earn their ownership in helping to develop and maintain those services, the ecosystems, the communities. So Web3, it's really all about the users owning the ecosystem. And I felt like in order for me to report on it, I had to be one of those users. I had to be part of some of those ecosystems, which prior to the season, I wasn't a part of at all. Okay, so where did the rabbit hole start for you? For me, I guess I could say it started with the tilt. The tilt, okay. And is this one of the hot new Web3 projects that sprouted up? Well, yes and no. I mean, the tilt, tilt is really community that it is part of Web3, but it definitely didn't start that way. I'm actually going to let Ann Ginn, who's the editorial director of The Tilt, tell you what it's actually all about. Here's Ann. I'm Ann Ginn, and I have my own communication business called GeForce Communication, but work with clients who are focused on really all things content. And so about a year or so ago, I got involved in the startup of The Tilt and have taken the content side of The Tilt and and gotten involved in that new startup for content entrepreneurs. The Tilt community is a place for content creators, not influencers exactly, but people who go from creating content 
and how they can build a business. And the Tilt community is a group of people, and it's growing every day, who want to take what they're creating, to take the content they're publishing, or maybe they have an idea of what they want to publish and really grow a business. So it's about creators who want to grow a business. So it's a community for creators, those creating YouTube channels and big Instagram accounts. Did I get that right? Well, not those kind of creators, at least not usually. Um, More of the creators who are creating businesses that have things like newsletters or podcasts or, I don't know, maybe conference series. Ah, okay. So, well, like, Rocket Ship or your company, Product Collective. Exactly, exactly. Those kind of companies. And I really only came to learn about the tilt because it was started by somebody who I consider to be a mentor of mine for the last few years, and that's Joe Polizzi. And I'm actually going to let Joe introduce himself here. I'm Joe Polizzi, founder of the Tilt Content Creation Media Company. We focus on helping content entrepreneurs build businesses. But basically, I've been in the publishing media industry for over 20 years. In 2007, started what became Content Marketing Institute, which was a media company for marketing professionals who were involved in content creation, launched Content Marketing World, the event in 2011 that became the largest event in the industry. All along the way, I've written eight books so far, one novel that I wrote in between startups in uh, 2019 and uh, you know I'm back at it again as I said with my fourth startup so he's he's done a lot right he's written books he's had several startups of his own but I've known Joe for a long time actually my first ever business meeting after business school it was with Joe hmm. I mean, it was like my first real work business meeting uh, one of the co-founders of the company that I worked for at the time he had a meeting with Joe and I, I just tagged along to it pretty much fly on the wall I, I'm sure Joe doesn't even remember it but It was my first meeting ever, so I actually remember that one. That's super cool and kind of (laughs) wild. Yeah, yeah. But I I really got to know Joe when he had his company, Content Marketing Institute, which is basically a community for content marketers. And through CMI, he launched Content Marketing World, one of the premier conferences for content marketing professionals. Sounds a lot like Product Collective. Well, if you swap out the content marketing for the product management, I guess. Yeah, well... Content Marketing Institute and Content Marketing World, it's always sort of been the inspiration for product collective and industry just serving a different market, like you pointed out. And especially after Joe sold CMI for, honestly, a life-changing amount of money. Like, (laughs) I I wish that amount of money went in my bank account. (laughs) Joe sort of opened up his playbook to us so we could go down that same successful track that he did in creating a big community and conference. So he had this windfall, right? Earning this life-changing amount of money through the acquisition of Content Marketing Institute. And he didn't go off and retire after that. Well, he definitely could have. Um, but I'll let Joe share what happened next. It might not be what you'd expect. So in 2016, my wife and I were lucky enough to have an exit with Content Marketing Institute and Content Marketing World. I stayed on for another year and a half. And at the end of 2017, so the beginning of 2018, I was done. I was basically taking a full year sabbatical and just decided I'm not going to be in the business world or in the marketing world anymore. And by the end of 2018, I started to think about you know, what was next for me. And I, I thought I wanted to be a novelist and I wanted to write mysteries and thrillers. And I, I worked on that from at the end of 18 into 19. And by the end of 2019, had my first thriller uh, called The Will to Die. It's a small town uh, mystery that involves funeral homes and marketing. So everything you could possibly want 
in a murder mystery. So he became a novelist. That's um, kind of fascinating. And I don't know, probably what I would do with the money too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And hey, somebody who had a marketing company in the death care space, I was pretty fascinated with Joe deciding to write a novel about a marketer working at a funeral home too. <laughs> I bet, right? Was it good? Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. You could find it out there. It's it's out there in the open. There's the the ebook and the audiobook and a hardcover copy and huh. I think it's called The Will to Die. Um but yeah, that ended up being just a small blip on this journey. Joe goes on here. I think the launch party for that book was March 8th, 2020. Everybody knows that when you hear March of 2020, the world shut down the next week. Um, started working on was going to be the second edition to The Will to Die. And it was in April that I started getting emails and direct messages and text messages from friends who were leaving their jobs, some voluntarily, some not. Some were getting laid off. And a lot of them were saying, I want to become a content creator like you, Joe. I want to follow. I wrote a book called Content Inc., which is the, the business model for content creators and how to create a business. And they were saying, Joe, is this model still work? Can I use this book? And that book came out in 2015. And I said, you know, the book, the model is still relevant. But, man, there's some old examples in there. And I went out to McGraw-Hill, who's my publisher, and I said, can we update this book? And they said, sure, let's update it. So I started working on updating the model. I did a bunch of interviews with bloggers and YouTubers and newsletter writers and, and authors trying to figure out if that model still worked. And it did work uh, for a lot of people. And I said, oh, this is fantastic. And went out, came out with the book in, uh, in 2021. So as I'm going through writing the book, I said, well, is the book enough? Like, we should be doing more for entrepreneurs. We really need them, need to teach them about content creation and need to teach them to not be relying on social media platforms and that there is a model and that there's 10 different ways to monetize once you build an audience and all that stuff. So I said, okay, well, let's, let's build a company. And that's when the idea for the tilt came in, which was really just started in April, 2021 as a email newsletter for content creators. And we would educate them on best practices, content operations, and on also the news and what's going on. Okay, so again, an email newsletter for content creators. I'm still not hearing Web3 in any of this though. Well, I'm going to get there, but let's take a short break here and we'll continue right after. Okay, so before the break, we learned a little bit about an email newsletter for content creators called The Tilt. It was launched by Joe Polizzi, who aside from hosting Mike for his very first business meeting almost, let's say 20 years ago, he started and sold Content Marketing Institute and Content Marketing World, a community and conference series for content marketers. Yes, and we learned that after the sale, Joe had a brief stint as a mystery novelist, but then got right back into doing what he's always done, which is launch a startup that's centered around community, which he built for people like Maestro. My name is Maestro Stevens, and I own a small creative agency. We really focus on branding and web development. And I've been doing that for about five years, uh, since 2015. I've always been a fan of online education. Um, that's the reason why I was attracted to, to Joe, um, because I was listening to his podcast and I fell in love with it about three years ago because they were always giving like just exceptional information. Um, and so that combination of the whole me loving online education, 
uh, and me wanting to help others. And with this opportunity that people needed to learn, um, the boom, I guess they call it entrepreneur boom, I ended up creating a blog. Uh, it's called Iconic E-Learning. And I'm just helping people learn how to, you know, do things in the marketing or the branding or entrepreneurial world. And being introduced to the Tilt community um, from Joe, he invited me off of LinkedIn, said, hey, would you love to join the community? Um, I joined the community back in October, September, around that area. Maestro is one of two community members that I talked to about the Tilt, and we're gonna hear more from him in just a little bit. All right, but I'm still not hearing. How does this all tie to Web3? Yes, yes. Well, just like we're going down a bit of a rabbit hole with this season and creating a brand new community like the Tilt, Joe started going down a Web3 rabbit hole of his own. He talks about that right here. I went down the Web3 rabbit hole. So this was in October 2020 when I first learned about creator coins, social tokens, community tokens, whatever you want to call them. And I actually said, boy, wouldn't it be great if when we launched the Tilt, we actually launched it with a creator coin as the middle of everything. So the traditional media model is, hey, I'm going to build an audience. That audience will hopefully get value out of that content. And then I can sell them stuff that I can make my living. But with the idea of a creator coin, it's could I create value for the audience as well? Is there ownership there? Is that a possibility? Web two is, oh yeah, I can publish and people can publish all kinds of content and we can leverage social platforms, but there's no ownership. Web three, there's the idea between NFTs and social tokens that people can actually own stuff. And so I went down that rabbit hole. I looked at a couple different companies. I chose rally.io as sort of the platform for our creator coin. And TiltCoin was actually born, that was in March of 2021. That was born before we even started the Tilt.com. So it was interesting that we launched our, you know, creator coin community first before the Tilt. And TiltCoin is the number one coin overall on the Rally Network, which is nuts when you think about it, because we're a B2B, really focused on small content creators, the middle class of content creators. And there's all sorts of like... Twitch streamers and YouTubers and a bunch of crazy, you know, big content creators that have their own coins. And we seem to be doing pretty well. So before Joe even launched the Tilt's website, he launched the Tilt coin, which is a creator coin on the Rally Network. Now, this is a little bit different than Bitcoin or Dogecoin or ApeCoin, right? You'll find all those in crypto exchanges like Coinbase. These are all decentralized coins on various blockchain networks. But you're not going to find the Tilt coin there. No, you'll find the Tilt coin on the Rally Network, which is actually a centralized network, but it is blockchain-based. Uh, the Rally Network enables creators to very simply create their own coin. Here's a bit more on the Rally Network from their own YouTube channel as they talk about a fictional creator named Val creating Valcoin. Creator power. Rally is a blockchain network that empowers creators like Val to launch her own currency that she can use to engage her fans in a lot of different ways. Exclusive content, private chats, exclusive merch, fan rewards, and more. Real value. Valcoin has real value because it's backed by Rally, a cryptocurrency on the Ethereum network. Every time Val and her fans buy, donate, transfer, or redeem Valcoin, those Valcoins are tied to actual Rally. Rewards. The more active Val and her fans are, the more Rally rewards they all receive from the network. Your voice matters. Val and her Valcoin holders, as well as other creators in their communities, govern the network because only people who hold Rally can vote on the rules for the network. Opportunity. Finally, only with Rally, Val can build her community and her brand across all social media platforms and create a whole new world of value. 
Got it. So Rally Network, creating a coin there. It's not exactly the same as creating a true crypto coin, but it sounds a lot more straightforward, maybe a lot easier. Yeah, that's one of the things that Joe liked about the Rally Network, actually. I liked Rally because of the fact that you don't have to know a lot about crypto to to get into Rally. Rally is sort of a safe, centralized place where you just need an email address and you can get a digital wallet on the Rally um, system. And if I want to send you Tiltcoin, I can do so really easily through a browser. Done. Um, I don't have to get a special digital wallet. I don't have to buy crypto anywhere. But I like it from the standpoint that most of our audience, even today, they're not crypto enthusiasts. I would say maybe 2% of our entire audience has a digital wallet, like a MetaMask or a Coinbase NFT wallet or whatever the case is. So they're very much at the early stage of this. They're all content creators. They're bloggers. They're podcasters. They're YouTubers. They don't know anything necessarily about Web3. So we're all learning this thing together. So that's where we got into it and said, okay, let's see if we can roadmap this thing. Like everybody says, oh, I got to do a roadmap. So I said, okay, well, how can we make a membership system that incentivizes, has I guess, has benefits to holding tilt coins? So we created a whole system of, let's say, for example, if you have more than 20 tilt coin, you get VIP status, which which means you get free access to all our education. Um, you get to talk to me anytime. So you get 100% access to me. You can ask me questions. I'll, I'll basically drop everything for you because you're one of my VIPs. This is why creator coins need to be different. And, and we really sell it on access. If you have a certain amount of tilt coin, you get different access. So if you have five tilt coin, you get a special report on content creation every month. And that's what you get as having that access. So I would think about it as kind of a different kind of membership system where you get different access points, you get different benefits. But at the same time, you do have the coin and you could do whatever you want with that coin. You could trade that for another Rally Creators coin. You could sell that coin. You could hold on to it and watch it appreciate. That's what surprised me. This community is really loyal. And I think part of that loyalty is that financial incentive. I've never been part of a community like this before where they're rooting for you to succeed as a creator because if you do well, they do well. That is a new thing. So it's almost like training wheels for a community to get into Web3. That might be a good way to look at it. But for a community like the Tilt, it might be exactly the right step. Remember Maestro? Well, let's go back to him. It was my real introduction. Like this was my introduction to Web3 uh, for the most part. Um, uh, you know, coins, you know, uh, um, creator coins, that whole shebang. Like this was me. Like I've, I'm not one of those people that was heavy into it. I knew about Bitcoin. Uh, bought some Ethereum off of Robinhood. Again, I was kind of ignorant on where it was going and how it was going to be used. But because of the fact that uh, Joe introduced me to the community, I just started digging a little deeper myself, doing my own homework, getting my own understanding about it. So for Maestro, it was his first real foray into Web3. And that's a similar experience from probably most of the community, like Dylan. My name is Dylan, and I run a newsletter um, called Growth Currency. It's something that I kind of started up on the side about a year ago, and I work in marketing in my you know nine to five full time job. And Dylan was really attracted to what a creator coin concept in a community like the Tilt could offer him, given the type of business he has. I'd seen a few creators kind of start their own coin, but never anything that enticed me to sign up. So I was enticed by 
the incentive of signing up, being a part of the community and owning like a fraction of the share of that community, just like you investing in a company in the stock market. I thought that was a cool concept. And then when I, you know, got onto the, um, the rally page for the tilt, you see that, you know, you can hit certain levels of ownership and you get certain perks, which is, um, which was another interesting implication as well. You know, you could do this with Patreon and other, and other subscription uh, membership services, but I've never really seen it done like this for a tokenized community. More on the Tilt and their creator coin on the Rally Network after this break. Okay, we're back. Before the break, we started going deeper into learning about the Tilt, a community for entrepreneurs in the creator economy, and those who make money building newsletters, podcasts, things like that. Yeah, and hey, we could we could relate to those things, right? Yeah. But we started getting into the Tilt Creator Coin, the Tilt Coin, uh, on the Rally Network, and. The Tilt is a community that isn't necessarily full of Web3 entrepreneurs, but this community has done work to ingrain itself into Web3 in order to better serve the community. We met a couple of the Tilt's community members, Dylan and Maestro, who I'm pretty fascinated by because they are Web3 enthusiasts, right? They were attracted to the Tilt and its Tilt creator coin. Which, by the way, is actually the most valuable creator coin on the Rally Network. Wow. Uh, the coin is currently valued at $24, and... There's over 154,000 coins in circulation, which, hey, it's not not too shabby, right? No, not at all. And actually, let's go back to Dylan and Maestro. I think for the Tilt being a community company, it's important to hear directly from the community. So both Dylan and Maestro, they admitted to me that before the Tilt, they weren't Web3 people, yet here they both are, very active in this community. And they're engaging with the creator coin aspect of it. In fact, Maestro's done certain things to earn TiltCoin along the way. Through writing some content as a guest uh, blogger, another way I was awarded was leaving a review. That was kind of, I mean, that was probably the easiest one. If you think of like effort and energy, writing a blog post is way different than actually uh, writing a review. So Maestro loved that he could earn more access to the community by doing certain things, sometimes very simple things like leaving a review. And Dylan, well, he saw the benefit of the entire concept itself for the members of the community, in a way, kind of own the community. I thought it was cool that everybody has a stake in the in the community and the, the community doing better and better. And so there was incentive to share and get more people to become part of the community. So the more people that buy in and the more, you know, coin going around, the, the price will go up and it benefits everyone. And I thought that was beneficial. And then I also thought like, oh, if I get, you know, a certain threshold of tilt coin that I own, I get more perks. I get more access to people like Joe and his team. I could trade a certain amount of coin and I could get a, a newsletter advertisement for maybe my newsletter. So you have people that are that are investing in your company and, you know, there's incentive for them to invest even more and they can um, cash in their chips and take out some of those perks or they can just, you know, stay and hold on and, and keep buying more. For a community business, the creator coin concept seems like it could be a great way to start dipping your toes in the water when it comes to Web3. The rally network and networks like it may not be decentralized, but it starts to get community members buying into the concept of Web3 and why the community having ownership over itself in some ways is a good thing. Now, in the beginning of the episode, we heard a little bit from Anne Gen. She's the editorial director of The Tilt. Let's actually go back to Anne here. I remember Anne talking a little bit about how the Tilt coin and creator coins like it benefit communities like the Tilt. 
and people like Dylan and Maestro. Think about airplane miles. And years ago, how airplane miles would build loyalty and they'd keep flying on that plane airlines because they wanted to build up their points to take more flights. And I see some brands being able to use creator coin social tokens in that environment, similar to that kind of reward from it. But because it has a monetary value, that also helps. So back to Joe Polizzi. I, I find this all really interesting that Joe has built a very successful community before. Content Marketing Institute was a community-based business and he built and sold that for tens of millions. And he was all bootstrapped. He never raised any money in order to do that. So he knows community businesses, yet here he is launching another one in a different way. Yeah, Joe definitely seems bought into this concept. I mean, it'd be really easy for Joe to just simply follow the same Content Marketing Institute playbook, right? The one that Product Collective is essentially following. But instead, Joe's taking a Web3 approach to building a community business for people that still don't know Web3 very well at all. But even still, Joe would be the first to tell you that he's not completely sure about the model, but he feels like he has to really continue to explore it with his community. Could this be the business model of the future for content creators or content entrepreneurs? And the answer to that is, I don't know. But if it is a possibility, if this ownership thing is a real thing, could regular content creators that aren't the Mr. Beasts and PewDiePies of the world actually make a financial living? And could they do it through NFTs, social tokens, DAOs, decentralized autonomous organizations? I didn't know, but I said, well, if we're going to teach our audience about this stuff, we actually have to do it. Okay. So at the end, Joe started talking about DAOs, NFTs, and these other web three concepts that go beyond the community coin. Is he saying that he wants to go beyond the tilt coin and deeper down the rabbit hole? Well, about that. Oh, wait. Of course, The Tilt is our first story in the series, but it's also your first foray into Web3 yourself, right? Yes, that's definitely true. But it's not through Tilt Coin. You you didn't just buy or earn some Tilt Coin to take your first step, did you? No, although that might have been a good idea <laughs> for me to dip my toes a little bit at first. But instead... Well, instead of doing that, ah, Michael, we're... We're actually out of time for this week's episode. So I guess we're going to get into it in episode two, next week's episode. But I'll actually let you know how much deeper Joe went into Web3 and how I took my first steps into Web3 with Joe. But that's going to have to wait to next week. All right. Well, I guess we'll need to wait to hear that part of the story. So, all right. Until next week, we're all going to be hanging on uh, every word here, Mike. <laughs> all right. We will. But... I guess I'll end the episode here. So for Michael Saka, this is Mike Belsito, and you've been listening to Rocketship.fm in this brand new season telling stories of Web3. So long. Thank you so much for listening to Rocketship.fm. It is your support that keeps the show going. If you can, take a second and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps out the show so much. We're also part of the Podglomerate Network, and if you'd like to listen to more great shows from the Podglomerate, go to thepodglomerate.com to see the full show listings. Rocketship.fm is produced in partnership with Product Collective, a community for product people. Go to productcollective.com and get access to our weekly newsletter, live video interviews, Slack community, product job board, and a whole lot more. Again, just go to productcollective.com.